0: Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen. Hallelujah. So have you all bought your Good Friday candy? Did you all have a big Good Friday celebration on your house or at least plan to have one before the power went out and you weren't able to actually cook anything? Did you hide Good Friday crosses in your lawn and through the house for the kids to run around and try and find? Did you decorate your house with Good Friday flowers and baskets? Of course, that's all kind of absurd, but I I bring that up this morning because everybody knows about Easter, but Good Friday is much more private. We have lower church attendance, not as many people come, and we don't think about celebrating it the way that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Now, this is a little bit strange, because the first Good Friday and Easter were the opposite. Those of you who have gathered together with us on Sunday or on Friday were the crowd who assembled before Pilate, crying out for Jesus' crucifixion, kill him, crucify him. You were the priests and the elders and the scribes who mocked him around the cross, which was, as all of our texts say, just outside the city, a place that everybody could see. And you heard about Pilate's inscription, which was written for everyone to see. And just in case you didn't speak the language, it was written in Latin and in Greek and in Aramaic, Jesus of Nazareth the king of the Jews. And on the road to Emmaus, according to Luke's gospel, as two of Jesus' followers were walking along, they were joined by a man whom they did not recognize, who would later be revealed to be Jesus, who said to them, what is this conversation you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad, and one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days. He's not talking about Easter. He was talking about Good Friday. Everybody knew about Jesus's execution. Good Friday was a public spectacle. Easter was not. Easter was actually a very private affair. There were only a handful of women who came to the tomb, Mary and Mary and the other Mary. There were a lot of Marys back then. There were only two of Jesus's core group of disciples that actually ran to the tomb and saw that it was empty. And Jesus doesn't appear on the pinnacle of the temple or in front of Pilate's palace or in the middle of Jerusalem in the public square. But behind closed doors to his dear disciples. To quote from Paul's letter to the Corinthians Jesus was buried, raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He appeared to Cephas, then to the 12. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born he appeared to me. Now that's a lot of people on the one hand, but not nearly the number of people that could have testified to Jesus's crucifixion. Not nearly the number of people that knew the facts of Good Friday. It was a much smaller group that celebrated that first Easter. Like the cross on Mount Royal, everybody knew about Jesus' death. His resurrection, though, was not front facing, we might say. One might even say it was hidden in plain sight. So, if you think about the way this week now takes place in our culture, it seems a little strange that the public day has become the very private occasion, and the private appearances of the resurrected Christ are what are now. The public holiday that everyone celebrates as you scrolled through dollarama and the malls before they lost power right these last few weeks what did you see chocolate crosses crucifixes crimson robes for sale with a matching crown of thorns did you all hang a titulus on your front door this is jesus the king of the jews of course not. Because the hidden has become public, and the public has become hidden. And in that light, Paul makes a very strange declaration to all of us this morning. The same thing he said to the Colossians, he says to you and to me, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Now, do you feel dead this morning? If your power is still out and you haven't had a chance to shower for two or three days, quite possibly, but nonetheless, you could check your pulse, you could check your breath, or have somebody else check it for you and say, no, I I don't really feel dead. It seems like you have a life. But here's Paul telling you and I that what is real is that our life is hidden with Christ in God. And what seems obvious, the body that's walking around right now, yours and mine, is actually a lie. That this body is in fact dead. And what is the reality is hidden with Christ in God. Or to put it in terms of what we're trying to reflect on this morning, your public reality and mine. Is Good Friday. But the reality that is real, that is hidden with Christ in God, is Easter, is resurrection, is our eternal life in Christ. If Good Friday was a public spectacle that everybody could see and witness, while Easter was a more private reality shared only with his closest disciples, And we are dead and raised with Christ, then wouldn't this reality also be ours? Now, what do I mean by that? I mean this. After this service, or really after any service, or after your Bible study, or after prayers, you go about your daily vocations. You're a dad, or a son, or a mother, or a daughter, or an aunt, or a niece, you're a worker, you're a student, you go about the tasks the Lord has given you. And when you go about those tasks, you go forth as a witness to Jesus Christ. But when you witness to what Christ has done, do you present yourself as Easter or Good Friday? A lot of Christians, maybe not many gathered here, but a lot of them try and present themselves as Easter. The big selling point they think about Jesus is, look what Jesus has done in my life. Look what Jesus has done for me. I was a terrible, horrible, nasty person before I encountered the gospel of Jesus Christ. And now Jesus has transformed me and I'm warm and kind and wonderful and always willing to lend a helping hand. Look at the Christian church and how wonderful we are compared to the rest of you who are so mean and nasty. You need to be Christian just like us. But are we? Are we so kind? Are we so wonderful? Is the church always the best ambassador in and of itself for Jesus Christ? I don't think so. Look at the news. Look at what people have to say about the church. And before you jump to the church's defense, listen to whether what they are saying is true. Look at your own behavior. Look at the things that we do. And we say we are just as likely to cut people off in traffic as anybody else. We are just as likely to get anxious and angry and mad at Hydro-Quebec as anybody else. We are just as likely to slip into those terrible patterns as everybody else. Because the life that we have here that presents itself to the world is dead. It's a Good Friday body. I was reading quite a while ago, actually, an article by David Marchese in the New York Times. Um, and it's an interview that he did with Catherine Hayhoe, who is a Canadian and a scientist and a Christian. She was talking with a friend who said to her, I used to be an evangelical. So I asked the obvious question why aren't you anymore? And he said, I wasn't because I, it wasn't because I doubted the existence of God. It's because I couldn't see any evidence of God working in people. I saw person after person who claimed that they took the Bible seriously and that they were Christian. I'm paraphrasing, she says. And all I saw was the opposite of love. It got to the point where I couldn't see any evidence of God working in people at all. Catherine goes on to say to David, that's what I've struggled with, too. What breaks my heart is the attacks I get from people who identify as Christians. When someone on Twitter has just called me a whore, and I go to their profile, and it says something about loving others and so blessed in Christ, it makes me feel pretty discouraged. And I'm thinking, God, what are you doing? Too many Christians are in the business of trying to sell themselves as Easter when what we really look like too often is Good Friday. But that is the public reality. Our public reality, when we come and gather here, except this morning because we've already done it on Thursday and then on Friday... Is that we all gather together, you and I, whether you're sitting down there in the pews or up front wearing a nice white robe, and we say, most merciful God, we confess that we are. By nature, sinful and unclean, we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. That's the public reality for you and I, because the true reality is that our life is hidden with Christ in God. And even we can't always see it. And so we don't parade around selling our dead bodies as evidence of God's love. That is a mistake, says Paul, says Peter. Don't fix your eyes on what is dead. Fix your eyes on Christ who is seated at God's right hand. Fix your eyes on the one whose word was always true. Fix your eyes on the one who died on the cross for you and for me and for the whole world. He was innocent. He was the son of God, not you, not me. We are called to be witnesses to Christ and what he has done and his crucifixion and rising. Last week on Palm and Passion Sunday, I warned about the dangers of looking the wrong way for oncoming traffic. If you're in Hong Kong or London or Japan and the traffic goes on the left-hand side of the road, always remember to look right or you'll get hit by a truck. And then what happens? The disciples were never looking the right way and because of that, they almost missed the joy of Easter. Even the women, when they came back to him, according to Luke's gospel, and said, we have seen the Lord, thought that it was a joke. Well, you know, women, that's literally what they said. Being honest about our public dead face is not a cause for grief. It's a cause for joy because Christ is risen and our real lives are now hidden with Christ in God. Protected, preserved. And they are ours forever. For what we proclaim, Paul says, is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord with ourselves as your servant for Jesus' sake. And imperfect servants at that. We actually want everyone to die so they can have life. The same life that we have hidden with Christ in God. The resurrected Christ, whom we do not see, but we know is present with us because he says, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age, in the places where I have told you to come and meet me. In my word, in your baptisms, in his supper. Isn't that what Jesus meant when he said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And where your heart is beating, there is your life. Martin Luther. For which our christian tradition is named the great reformer left a scrap of paper on the table beside his deathbed and he marveled at even after all of his study how much of god's gifts were now hidden even still from him he said the holy scriptures do not have a satisfactory taste for me or anyone else unless we have spent a hundred years ruling a community as the prophets Elijah and Elisha, John the Baptist, Christ, and the apostles. We are beggars. This is true. Luther's last words. We are beggars. Hungry, thirsty, dirty, needy, sitting on the side of the road with an empty cup. People roll up their windows or cross the street when they see us. So we do not proclaim ourselves to the world. We cannot proclaim our true life. It's hidden with Christ in God. We cannot proclaim our visible selves because we are beggars. This is most certainly true. And so instead, we proclaim the one who has been crucified and raised from death, who is no longer in his tomb, but who sits at the right hand of God, who will judge the living and the dead and take us that where he is now, we may always be. And our hidden life with Christ will be visible finally in the end. And so we say with great acclaim and joy, Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah.